Welcome to episode 58 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and of course, family, we're on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So I'm Sean. I'm Nye. What's up, y'all? Hey, Nye. So what are we calling this episode? Hashtag Dick Yelp. Dick Yelp, y'all. We're going to tell you all about it. All right. All right. So we're going to get right into this ratchet minute. Well, a woman puts Joe Buttons on blast with the hashtag Dick Yelp. So rapper, podcaster, and loving hip-hop star. I know he was a loving hip-hop star. But anyway, uh, Joe Buttons was put on blast supposedly by a woman who used the hashtag Dick Yelp talking about her sexual experience with him in the good old Chocolate City, Washington, D.C. So this woman gets on social media and she describes in very graphic detail and I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of touch on a few points. She basically called him like a quick comer. Like he was <laughs> he was real quick in a mouth in and out. And he actually I mean you listen to his podcast, right? Every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. What's the name of it? Because I know a lot of time it didn't podcasts. have a name. Uh, he has a Joe Button Pack podcast yeah, okay. named after him. He has a new one now um called I forget what it's called. Um, okay. Something, but he talks about. I've heard him before on his podcast talk about, you know, like he's a. I call him quick comers. He's a quick. He's a quickie. (laughs) So, so she uses this hashtag and says that you know he's a quick comer. So, this is not the story that gets me. What the story that gets me is that there's actually a hashtag called Dick Yelp that women are using to describe their experiences with these men, like. Yo, dog, you're about to lose business out there. <laughs> if your dick bad, and somebody hashtags your dick yo. You know what? Sisters always coming through for other sisters because we you know need what to I'm know saying? this before, before grand opening, grand closing, y'all. Let me go yelp this nigga real quick. <laughs> and you know what? I swear, when I was like in college, I used to wish there was something like this. You know, just like the whole dating experience. The white girls had it, mm-hmm. we didn't have it. So this is like this is great. I was like, this is great. This this thank you. He's too old for that because he's he's pushing forty. If he's not forty, he should he should be able to control himself and last longer and make sure that the woman is satisfied. Girl, sometimes you be asking for too much. (laughs) These dudes, I this is what I say. Like you know you. You want you want to smoke weed and you want to drink. That's all well and good. But then but it, another it, question I have is: At what point do you stop fucking women on the road? <laughs> like, don't you get tired of that shit? <laughs> right? Don't you get tired of that groupie love? I'm hey, saying, come on. He had so, a whole. I thought he had like a wifey at home, didn't he? Yeah, well, they broke up, but yeah. Oh, okay, well, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just. I'm just, I'm amazed by this dick yelp. So I will be um, hashtagging and reading as much as I can. <laughs> people I don't know because I'm nosy. <laughs> Dudes, this is bad for business for y'all. I'm just saying. <laughs> better, better get your game right. All right. All right. Um, moving on. So this isn't a ratchet, but I'm just like, did you hear that Stevie Wonder can see? I had no idea. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, evidently, you know, there's this theory going around that the legendary Stevie Wonder is no longer bl- blind. So, the rumor has apparently been confirmed by Shaka Khan. So, <laughs> Shaka Khan was on Andy Cohen's Watch What's Happening Live. And so, he asked her, like, what's an industry secret that you'd like to spill on the air? And she said that Stevie Wonder can see. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you lying. <laughs> what? Can can see. So according to the rumor mill, Stevie underwent a surgery many years ago that restored much of his eyesight, but his vision is still poor. So he's technically, or he's still legally blind, according to this rumor. But there's some footage, and I, and I had to hunt it down to where Stevie had, was being interviewed by TMZ, and he's telling the cameraman, he says, actually, like, it'll be revealed very soon about my eyesight. Like, basically, like, I can see, y'all. Bitches, I can see. 
Did he have on glasses? Did he have sunglasses? He always got on sunglasses. So okay. this is like revolutionary. Like that all the memes and all the jokes that we have seen, this man can actually see. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. I I know what it is to be legally blind. I'm not legally blind, but honestly, it means that you can you can wear corrective lenses, but you still don't have 20-20 vision. And I'm like, who the hell has 20-20 vision? I don't I know. Because I came out the womb blind. <laughs> I, I don't ever remember a time when I didn't Whoa. see without a fuzz around shit. Man, man. <laughs> I had bifocals. Let me just stop. I don't want to tell all that childhood trauma, them big-ass glasses I had. <laughs> I, used have, I used to have these big burgundy glasses, and my, my aunt picked them out. And so my aunt, like a couple years ago, she was like, um, she was taking my baby niece to go get glasses. I was like, let's take somebody else with you to pick out these glasses. <laughs> don't hurt. In these big, chunky glasses you had me <laughs> Man, I used to go get fitted for glasses and I'd be like, y'all better stop tricking me because all these little cute frames mm-hmm. don't look good when your when your frame when your glasses like Coke bottles. Mine well, be so thick. My sister's glasses were, were super thick. And they I remember this one time. I guess they came out with this new technology where like the sides of them were like rounded and like polished so it wouldn't be supposedly like the optometrist like really gassed us up, like you know, it's not that I remember. noticeable. Girl, I had them too. My sister got them glasses. What? My and sister got them glasses. I think I laughed for like two. Wait, <laughs> my sister, we both had glasses, but man, we used to be playing around and she fell on her face one time. Them glasses was cracked and broken. And guess who had it with? <laughs> you gonna have to finish out the week. In school and with him. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! No, I, mm, I'm no. a very sensitive subject. So has been traumatized. She um, she went, she went to contacts and never looked back. <laughs> well, that's what I did. I'm like, you know, if, if you ever see me in glasses, just know that you are a very close friend of mine. <laughs> I have never felt cute in glasses ever. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I do it out of necessity. Right, because <laughs> I don't see depth. I don't see deepness. Don't get me in a car. Don't ask me to come outside my house if I don't have something on my mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah, no. everything is a blur. Blur. We're gonna talk about present day because I am. I don't, I don't we already know your problem, girl. <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to say. How you gonna put that paper to your eyes? <laughs> girl, I was on a train the other day, looking so cute. I know I look like I'm like. You know, twenty five, and I got this phone so far from my face, trying to <laughs> all that adjusting y'all doing. <laughs> Why y'all stop making this type so 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 little now? Got <laughs> a word so little. <laughs> you need a monocle. You know them little lenses. <laughs> the little mic microphone uh, magnifying glass. <laughs> I ain't even gonna laugh, but Lord, when I see them people with them and they got the glass on their eye and the paper right on their <laughs> that be you. I've seen it. <laughs> Truth to shame the devil. Yeah, like, at some point, you just gotta say, I can't see. <laughs> yeah, I'm just please. I remember, I know we off top, but when I was in college, I took this class with it was a um it was this Asian guy, he was a genius, so he taught like statistics and he was like 15 years old and I remember this was a during the time when I didn't I was in transitioning between my glasses and contacts so I didn't have a pair of contacts I need and I had needed glasses when I tell you he wrote so small on the board he wrote like he first of all he wrote like he was writing on a piece of paper in a big in a big classroom and I just remember having to sit when I say I had to sit with it where he sat I needed to bring my chair <laughs> You had it right on the board. <laughs> I would have to get up. Um, you know, I like those big, those college classes. And you all the way at the top. I was like, no, I got to come up all the way down. <laughs> I got to gotta see what you're writing because I can't see. Me, and I'm going to fail. Let me just place my hand on top of your hand so I can feel how you <laughs> <laughs> Can you sound it out for me, please? <laughs> Can you give me a phonetic spelling, please? <laughs> I can't see. Oh, Jesus. Mm. 
<laughs> that was a struggle. I, yep, I think I, I failed that class too. I couldn't see. <laughs> trying to be cute. All right, moving on. So, have you heard? This just blows my mind that Aladdin is the highest grossing movie of Will Smith's career. Wow, he's had some blockbusters. That's what I thought. I was like, at least Bad Boys. Yeah. Aladdin, the genie in a bottle. And me, Men in Black, that was super huge. Well, apparently this um this Aladdin, I haven't seen it. I kind of want to go and see it, but I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's, is it the kids that's going and, and watching this or? Yeah, yeah. What is it? Are we supporting this movie? Who was we? Um, <laughs> Can you define that, please? <laughs> us, us, us as us as a culture. Are we? Are we supporting Aladdin? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So, director Guy Ritchie, you know, that's wasn't he married to Madonna at one time? He actually makes some pretty good movies. So yeah. mm-hmm. he remade this Disney classic, and supposedly, so. Will Smith's most um, blockbuster movie was previously was Independence Day. So that pulled in, I think, uh, 800 million globally. So this movie, Aladdin, has made $874 million in like a week. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm really like, is this really Aladdin? Is this highest grossing movie? I guess so. And I, I've heard, I've seen like on the, on the socials, a lot of people have taken their kids to go see it. So I think it's, I think a lot of people are taking their kids to go see it. And because this movie is, it's older. It's, when did Aladdin come out? Like in the, the 2000s or whatever. So I think a lot of people are going back to see it out of nostalgia as well. So I can see what, how I can make 800 million. Okay. Yeah. Will Smith painted, isn't he painted blue? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was when I when I was reading the articles and I was really curious to see if they were going to talk about him appropriating that uh, culture, but no one said anything. They better not, because they they appropriated our culture. Yeah. Okay. No one said nothing. All right. Well, um, that's nice, Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Moving on. Where are we? <clears throat> Stop, stop. It's the clear the throat segment of the show. (laughs) The kitten heels and ponytails. Okay. Ooh, all right. All right. We are now at the woke minute, y'all. So um, I wanted to touch on this. There's this new study that says that Black women um, call out and report instances of sexual harassment at work way more than white women do. This is no surprise. So there's this research um, done at Fairleigh Dickinson University in conjunction with Montclair State University. And the study basically says that men, and it, it doesn't differentiate between what kind of men, just as men. So men have gotten really or very careful about exactly who they are they are harassing and they are targeting women of color way more than they did 10 years ago mm-hmm. so the study was published in the journal gender work and organization and it was also it also examined data from the equal employment opportunity commission which you know is the EEOC where all of the um, a lot of these discrimination and harassment cases are filed. So in 1997, it says when it was, that was the first year that it was reported, the EEOC began releasing data. And it said that um, the complaints of sexual harassment in the workplace, they had about 16,000. In 2017, then that's 16,000 across the board. So with white women, the numbers have declined like almost by half. But for Black women, the numbers have increased. So, you know, it says as the years progress, Black women have really been stepping up um, their sexual harassment claims, really outpacing the white white women. So what do you think about this? I mean, I, actually, this comes to like no surprise to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially in this era of Me Too and um, especially with Trump in office. And I'm just thinking, you know, especially when you think of harassment, it is, it's about control, controlling the victim. Um, so where are you going to see that? And what segment of society are you going to see it most? Is with, with Black women. Black women are in the workforce. Um, 
you know, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm not surprised by this. What do you think? Yeah. You know what? I think, um, just, I think this is just off of a hunch. I think, I don't think it is increased, um, in terms of us being sexually, sexually, being sexually harassed more now. I think we are reporting it more. Um, I think in, in the past, I think now, because there are so many black women in the workforce who, Mm -hmm. um, you know, who have important, you know, um, titles and jobs and whatever, and whatever field they're in. I just think that we feel more comfortable making these claims as in before, you know, we, we were afraid of, of the backlash, but I think we're just more comfortable now coming forward and, you know, accusing these men. So, and and, it may be an increase. I don't know, but I just think, Mm -hmm. I think, I think part of that has to do with, we feel, we're feeling more comfortable, um, you know, making these claims. You know, I could def- now that I'm listening, I could definitely agree with you because I just think even in my own experience being in the workforce, like I have seen some things um, that were perpetrated at the hands of mostly white men, but black men also, mm-hmm. where if this, if it had happened, I mean, I'm talking about 15, 20 years ago, if it happened today, somebody's filing. It, it wouldn't even, but I mean, I've, I've seen I mean, I could, I could write a book. I've seen so many different things mm-hmm. um, that were sexually, it, it, you know, bo- it wasn't even like borderline sexually harass harassment. It was very blatant harassment, um, whether it was towards myself or towards other women in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, I've experienced it, but I don't remember. It was more like just pushed under the rug. Like, you know, I mean, what do you say? Because at the end of the day is you need your job. You're mm-hmm. going to keep your job. And, you know, no one really wanted to ruffle any feathers, feathers, but you know, I so many different things, whether it was, you know, a comment about a woman's breast. Mm-hmm. I've heard that plenty of times. Um, I remember in a certain, uh, um, a, a certain workforce that I was in where, the men, you know, after a certain time, they had like, um, uh, what do you call What do you call it? Uh, the little people bowling. So they had, they hired little people to come in and what? was, yeah. And was bowling with them. Um, like, I've, I've seen that and, and then hired strippers. Basically they were strippers to come in um, to celebrate, you know, and that, look, there's a time and a place for everything. But I remember this was in, this was in an office building. This was in an, an office, you know, where the women were coming in. Um, I can, I could just tell stories, wow. but, and I'm just saying this, had this happened today, I think I would have reacted differently and I would have handled it differently, um, than I did because at the time, honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't say anything and I really didn't know what to do. I didn't know anything about the EEOC and I didn't know that, you know, it was, I, I knew there was something wrong with it. And I'm just saying, I could, I could write a book. I knew there was something wrong with it, but I didn't, I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. It was, it just, it was, it, and when it was more like boys will be boys, that's how I thought. So, you know, they leave them to their own devices because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Wow. Yeah, as I, as I'm talking about, it, I'm thinking about it. It's just it it's bringing back memories of, you know, what 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 was out there, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never um, really experienced like blatant sexual harassment in the workplace that I can think of. Maybe I've suppressed it. I don't know. I, there's been some times where I'm like, hmm, you know, this feels a little weird. This mm-hmm. little situation, but it was nothing blatant like strippers coming to the office. <laughs> Nothing like that, or somebody grabbing me, or yeah, you know, no, I've, like, I've experienced blatant sexual harassment, like you know, someone cornering me and you know, not letting me leave my office. I've had that oh, happen wow. before. Mm-hmm. Um, at at you know, at a hands of a of a black man, as in actuality, mm-hmm. um, who exerted or believed he was exerting his power over me, um. And then, you know, it was like a joke. Then he kind of, it was like, you know, laughed it off, so to speak. I remember that. Um, wow. This is this is getting a little too deep for me. Let's, yeah. let's, let's move on. Okay. Sorry to happen to you. That's, no one should be, feel like they, their safety is in jeopardy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Form of bullying. 
but I'm I'm way more empowered now, and I and I have a different understanding than I did before. And I and you know I have to I thank the you you know the Me Too movement, um, and just this resurgence of power. And you know it's not it's not a secret anymore. It's not secretive. You know women are stepping up and speaking out um, and hearing voices. And even for us, you know it's. It, it it took a while to evolve to this to this point where I can actually like speak about some of these things because mm-hmm. um, I I didn't yeah so yeah all right well moving on where oh, are we moving on so I want to talk briefly um, because we had a, a major um, hearing that pat that uh, happened on June seventeenth um, it was a I call it the case reparations. And I just, I call it that because Ta-Nehisi Coates, he wrote um, an article about uh, reparations for the Atlantic. Um, but really it was a house hearing where uh, they were presented with a case for reparations for African-Americans and descendants of um, the transatlantic slave. Um, so mm-hmm. um, did you watch the hearing? I did not. Mm-hmm. I did not. Okay. So first, before I get into like the details, it's a 10 point plan. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to briefly go through each point. Um, I don't, we'll be here all day if we go into detail about mm-hmm. each one of them, but you can go and Google it. Um, but what was symbolic about it happening on the 17th? It was, this year was the 400th anniversary of the first documented arrival of Africans to the port of Jamestown, which is a colony in Virginia, which I actually mm-hmm. grew up uh, maybe 45, not even 45 minutes from Jamestown, like 30 minutes from Jamestown. Yeah. And actually as kids, we, girl, in hindsight, mm-hmm. thinking about my childhood, it was some racist shit we had to endure. Mm-hmm. We used to take field trips to Jamestown, to plantations. Girl. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. Insane. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, also Wednesday, June uh, 19th is also celebrated as Juneteenth, the holiday that celebrates the end of slavery in the, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the bill carries the name, uh, HR 40, which, it, which is in reference to 40 acres and a mule. And there were many people that actually spoke during this hearing. I guess it was like three hours. Um, I put it on TV and I'm like, I'm not going to watch this whole day. Mm-hmm. I sat here almost with a, if I didn't have to leave to, uh, to go work, I would have watched the entire thing. Wow. Um, and, 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 you know, the interesting part about it is that there were a lot of black people, enough black people, up, mm-hmm. you know, testifying as to why we shouldn't get reparations. Why we should not? Why we should not. It was it was wow. baffling. But um Tani Hesey spoke, um Danny Glover spoke. Four um, events, Danny Glover. Say what? Danny Glover was four. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. He's done so much work um, you know, pushing, you know, um race, you know, issues with uh with race in this country. So yes, definitely he was four. Absolutely. Okay. And, you know, actually, the first time the federal government considered reparations for black people was in 1865, when 400,000 acres of coastal land was awarded to former slaves by um, Abraham Lincoln. Well, the issue was ordered by Union General William T. Sherman. Right. um, But it was during President Lincoln's um, tenure. And then when he was assassinated, um, he was succeeded by Andrew Johnson, who uh, nipped that shit in the bud. Mm -hmm. So. You know, um, so now it's called this, 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 uh, it's called 40 acres and a mule. Oh, it's called, I'm sorry, excuse me. It's called HR 40. So in 1989, representative John Conyers, uh, junior, and he actually retired a couple years ago. He introduced this legislation, um, to develop a proposal for reparations. He's introduced it. He introduced it every year for 30 years, like nonstop every year. I remember Uh, Yeah, even up to President Barack Obama, who actually opposed reparations, calling it impractical. Mm. Wow. All right. So I just want to kind of go through the 10-point plan. And the actual um, proposal is called Commission to Study and Develop Reparations uh, for African Americans. So the first one is a formal apology and establishment of MAFA, African American Holocaust Institute, Holocaust Institute. And so with this apology, he's saying he wants the United States government to explicitly and implicitly um, apologize for participating in the slave trade. And he wants the president to announce this, to make this um, apology. No president. Oh, okay. What was your question? I said, what president? Well, the president of the United States. What do you mean? Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) So, All right. Yeah. This, this is this is part of the proposal. Okay. Number two, the right of repra- uh, repatriation. 
uh, and creation of African knowledge programs. So he wants to provide funding yeah. for anyone who wants to go back to Africa. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Number three, the right to land for social and economic development, which is essentially 40 acres and a mule. Mm -hmm. Number four, funds for cooperative enterprises and socially responsible entrepreneurial development. So really just giving money to rebuild um, economic structures like Black Wall Street that was in Tulsa um, to fund black towns like Rosewood, who were uh, who was burned yeah, out. Burned down. Yep. Number five, resources for health and wellness and healing of black families and communities, which is very important. So this will provide mental health services for those suffering from post-traumatic stress disorders and any, any other mental um, stresses that are caused by being black in America. Yes. I think that's very important, um, focusing on um, mental health. I think we, as a people, we absolutely need that. Education for community development and empowerment. This is going to be funding for black uh, for predominantly black public schools and HBCUs, which I am for. Morgan State, stand up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, affordable housing for healthy black communities and wealth generation. So this is just providing um, affordable housing for lower income people. Strengthening black America's information and communications infrastructure. So providing advertising dollars and supporting black owned newspapers and magazines and radio. So different mediums. mediums um, for the black community. Number nine, preserving black sacred monuments and sites. So this is provide funding to, um, to actually research where, you know, where people were being lynched or if they were like uh, mass lynching so that we can have like placards uh, to memorialize them. If they're um, like black cemeteries, um, preserving them and also provide, you know, like I said before research to kind of identify where these sacred uh, grounds are. And number 10, which is really important, is repairing the damages of criminal justice system. Wow. So really um, helping the formerly incarcerated people to get back into society through education, through job training, placement, grants for entrepreneur and business opportunities, restoring their voting rights. Um, one of the points um, within this is they want to exonerate uh, Marcus Garvey. Mm. They want to release all the political prison, uh, prisoners excuse me, all the political prisoners are prison. Why can't I say this word? Prisoners. Go ahead, girl. girl prisoners <laughs> and prisoners of war. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you haven't had a chance to go to, to watch this, um, watch this hearing, you can actually go on YouTube, which is where I watched it and watch the entire thing. Um, it's just, it's just amazing you know, hearing both sides of the argument. Cause of course, as a black American, African-American, I'm absolutely for reparations. You know, there were so many different uh, government structures that were in place that we didn't have access to like the GI bill, um, the Homestead Act, you know, there was redlining done um, in different communities where right. um, they wouldn't fund, um, you couldn't get a mortgage. So if you can't buy the house you live in then you can't own your neighborhood. Um, so there were so many systematic things that were put in place to keep black people down. Um, and, you know, I feel like we, we are, we are owed that, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you. I'm so curious to, to understand the platform of those people of color, black people that are against reparations. Cause I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be diplomatic about it. I'm trying to understand what, what would that be about? Because to me, you know, we have a history that is so unique from a lot of other experiences when we talk about slavery, you know, and that is a history that we share in this land along with, along with the white people, they are, they are, they are guilty of this. So, you know, it's a sin. And I think that is when you go back to Abraham Lincoln and, you know, there's so many different things that, um, you know, Oh, maybe he owned slaves or whatever the case was, but, what he was trying to do, and that's what I see, was he was really trying to right that wrong because he, I've, I've read a lot of Lincoln speeches, and one of the things that he said was that you know a sin it is carried through the bloodline, so you have to do what's necessary to repair it, so that it doesn't, you know, it does, it doesn't become this generate generational curse. So you know, when he did that in order to free, free the slaves and however, whatever the political climate was at that time. But I believe what Lincoln was trying to do was address that so that 
that that generational curse of you know bearing it down the bloodline it would it would sort of end and when you know when um was it Andrew Jackson or or the president who succeeded him when he was assassinated he turned that all around it just it it changed everything and it changed a lot of the thought process too um you know i'm i'm just looking at that it's it's more it's a it's a moral thing we needed um, you know, we have so many injuries, like you said, that has come to that, you know, um, the financial gap that we, the wealth gap that it, we experience to this day, Absolutely. That, you know, that came from that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the psychological effect, you know, the, the moral effect in our society, everything that has spawned from that. We it will never it'll never be right, but you know damn sure y'all could try to make it even. Yeah, try to work for that, you know, and also to show, you know, it's, it's a part is like, well, we don't need them to 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 make us equal, but there is something about this moral fabric of society where we belong. Whether they have they have lynched us, they have killed us, they mm-hmm. have incarcerated us, they have kicked us, they have minim- marginalized us in so many different ways. But still, we are here and we belong, mm-hmm. you know, and we are equal. We have fought. We have built. We have done so much for this country. Mm-hmm. We, we actually, are, we, we, you know, black Americans and Africans that were brought over here during the slave trade. We've actually we built this country, but we also provide the culture for this country. Thank you. you. Know, we move the needle on everything about this country in terms of the foods we eat in terms of the music we listen to, how we dress, the styling, you know, this is, this is, we are the soul. We are, we are the soul of this country. We we have, um, it's, it's literally, this country was built off of our, off of our our backs. And it's very interesting when they talk about how, uh, where is this money going to come from? We can't afford to do this, but all, you know, major, um, and justices that were done against other people, they have been, um, they they receive reparations, you know. The Jew, Americans, uh, United States government. Pays, I go go to the casino down the street. What you think that's about? Right. They 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 um pay rep, rep, uh, reparations to the Jews. They've done it um to the Native Americans. They've done it to the Japanese who built the um the railroads. Mm-hmm. Everyone has gotten their due except African except for Black people. And it's just you know I think and especially from this this day I'm I'm always a a fan of not I, I can't even use the word fan but when they when we have these different movies that talk about slavery and they talk about you know what we when we went through like through the civil rights and people say well I don't want to see that anymore it's important that these movies come out and that we watch it because exactly. as the years go by that becomes a distant memory and people disassociate that um uh, from our you know from our American history but it's there you know, and we need to address right. it. And when when the topic of reparations come up, I think a lot of people, white people and maybe black people, they think, oh, you're taking money out of out of our hands, white people's hands and putting it into black people's hands. And, and they're like, you know, I didn't do it. I wasn't there during that time. It's not my fault. But you are you are where you are in this country right now because of what happened. And people think that, mm-hmm. you know, slavery was just in the South. Slavery moved the needle all over the country. Exactly. There were there were slave there were, there was slavery all over this country. It wasn't chattel slavery, but there was slavery. And even like up in the north, like in New York and all these um in the New England, they provided um clothes for slaves. They would sell the clothes to uh the slave masters. Exactly. Out, in, out in the west, they would be, because all the farmland down south was either being used for um mostly for uh, for cotton, so they couldn't grow their food. So they would, you know, they would grow this food out in the West and then, you know, sell it to the, the Southerners, you know. So this whole country benefited from slavery at 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 some point, right? Somehow, some way. And you know, I don't know if you know. I would love to get a check. I'm not going to deny it. But I think mm-hmm. you know what's really important is we we provide um, institutions and we provide structures that will help our, um, you know, that would help our people become economically strong. That's really what's important versus a check to hand out to everybody, even though I think we, we should be able to do both, <laughs> but I'm also, um, I'm also, um, in support of the, these different out of these different, you know, 10 point, this 10 point plan. I'm definitely, um, a fan and a supporter of that. 
I, I totally agree. And, you know, as you said, I, I mean, I'd love a check, of course, like who who wouldn't, but I think it's, it's deeper than a handout, you know, it's deeper than, you know, getting that, whatever that, that, that check to say, you know, Hey, we're sorry. I think really this is about, you know, it's a, it's a national reckoning. It's a recognizing of all of our contributions and all that we've done for this country. And really all the points that you've said, I believe it, you know, me and my holistic self, it will lead to some huge spiritual renewal. That's what I see. You know, when you, when, if all of these things are put into place, you know, which would move us up front, because we, we have been, we, we, we continue to advance. We continue to move ourselves up front and we do it, you know, in this, in a, in a, in a climate that doesn't want to see us succeed, that is not set up for us to succeed. And we do it anyway. So imagine if there was this huge shift to actually, you know, make it more equal and make it more fair and, you know, to to um, level that playing field economically, socially, you know, imagine if that was the status quo instead of, you know, we do it by hook or by crook. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I um, encourage everyone to, to, to go to the Googles and just put in HR 30 and just read up on these 10 point, this 10 point plan and read in detail um, what each plan um, proposes to implement. Yes. Because it's, it's, we need every last one of them. You know, I'm going through this. We need all of this. We need every last one of these things. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we need some weekend D in our life. What you think? <laughs> I love our transitions. <laughs> well, we ain't got no transition, man. <laughs> what transition? We're right, up, we're right up in. All right. All right. Getting into it because we used to be scared of the dick. Did you see? Have you seen Lil Kim is, has a reality show coming out? I can't wait to see, and I, I don't really watch reality shows, but I, I don't know what it's about because all I see is a yacht and I see Lil' Kim, but I'm, right. I'm it's here for her, her homegirls on a cruise. I don't know what this cruise is about. I don't know what they're doing on this cruise. I don't know either. I'm here for it, though. I'm so excited. All right. All right. So getting into, we have a question from one of our lovely listeners. Um, So she just, she, ba- okay, I'll paraphrase, but she says, all right, um, I have this guy that I'm very interested in, but he is uncircumcised and it's really weirding me out. I have absolutely no idea what to do, how to do it. How does this foreskin thing works? I have never been with an uncircumcised guy before. And to be honest, I'm kind of grossed out, but still, I really like him and I do want to make an effort. Do you have any advice for me? (laughs) Girl, come to the right place. Absolutely, you did. <laughs> so, do you remember there was an episode of Sex in the City back in the day with Charlotte? She was dating a guy, and then she finds out he's uncircumcised, mm-hmm. and they were like sitting around. She's like really freaked out about it. She's just like, it's like a little sharpie. Like, a little- <laughs> <laughs> like so, uh, okay. Here's my here's my take on it. I've had an experience before, and I think I told you about this, where I was dating this guy and for the longest time, even though we were intimate, I did not know. And that, that was the weirdest thing to me. <laughs> I did not know. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm bamboozled. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you didn't see it. <laughs> I, for that one time, I understood how these guys supposedly get tricked by, um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Because I really did not know. And I had seen, you know, of course I'd seen it in the in the light and everything. I didn't know. So at, I guess that there is a look to it. You know, it has the hood. It's, I mean, it's, it's extra skin. So what I've learned is that, you know, if you, go, especially if you date men from other countries or, you know, being circumcised is, is it's not really a, a thing. You go all the, you know, it's a 40% of men in the United States are actually circumcised. But once you get out of here, like that's a, that's a, that's a rarity being that's circumcised. A luxury. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the norm. Like, okay. So 
you know, and I, I, I wonder, I mean, I have a, I have a son and I always wonder why do we circumcise, you know, outside of whatever religious um, things, I mean, what's it for? I never understood what it was for cleanliness. I, I think that's, that, that doesn't make any sense. So, well, uh, I don't, I don't know the religious part of it. Why? And initially we started circumcising people, but I know that if you do not clean that shit, that shit reeks. <laughs> oh yeah. See, I don't, I, I've not experienced that. So is that the oh, only I haven't either, but from what I hear, I've only, I've only been with one guy who wasn't circumcised and it's not the, it's not the prettiest thing to look at. Like I really couldn't. And I, I, I love to look at a penis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I know some women are get weirded out when they get dick pics. I'm not. <laughs> no, nope, me neither. I'm like, I don't know. I'm never weirded out, but an uncircumcised penis, it it just it just it it makes gives it gives me chills. It just looks weird. <laughs> Does it? Because I actually, I mean, I I've not other than it just looks like an anteater, and it you know got that extra skin. But when it gets hard, it's huge. It has the potential to be huge. Yeah. I mean, if if he if he becomes engorged enough and he and it pushes through, yeah. Um, but I just you know, and every day when it's flaccid, it just it's not very appealing looking. Yeah, when it's flaccid, it's like a slinky, like man. Yeah, but you know, I I don't think that is. I mean, I guess it's all personal preference. If she doesn't like it, if if, if it's a turn off, um, then you know, I don't know. You might have to find another dude. But maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what to tell you, girl. Um, I mean, I honestly, I think she should just go with it. It's not, you know, we have so many of these body dysmorphia kind of things. I mean, he has extra skin on his penis, you know, as long as he knows how to work it. Yeah. And as long as he cleans, I think that's the most important part. As long as he knows how to pull it back and, and actually clean it where it's not getting infected, you're not getting any infections from it. It's not throwing off your pH balance. Um, if, as long as he's clean with it and maybe you guys can do some sort of, if you don't actually like the, the look of it, maybe do some sort of, you know, tricks or something so that, you know, <laughs> it's, you know it's hard before you actually see it. But I mean, if you're going to be with this guy, it's you're going to see his penis when it's you do a cock ring. I, I call it a cock ring, like a white girl, like <laughs> a cock ring, a, a ring. They yeah. have like a ring and like you can, you can put, you can put it on and it like pushes all that back. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. that comfortable? I don't know. But I, you know, I actually heard that the foreskin actually is more sensitive than if he was circumcised. So it gives him more sens sensation and is lost. That sensation is lost to a certain degree when the penis is circumcised. So yeah. actually, you know, might be a better experience. He might feel it better. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, I'm all about foreplay. So maybe giving him head and exploring it up Girl, close and personal. You go better put that shit in. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> you know, if you, I, I don't know. I, I've now that I in my in my older years, now that I've I recognize it, most uh, men from the Caribbean don't have. They're not circumcised. Yeah, that the one my one experience. This guy, he was Jamaican, and he wasn't circumcised. Um, yeah, yeah he wasn't so. circumcised. I, and I, girl, I was not putting his penis in my mouth. It was why? I don't know. I just didn't like the way it looked. It Listen looked to weird. me. Why? It just looked. It was just. It looked weird to me. And plus, I was young. I was like in my early twenties, so I wasn't really experienced. I just know that shit weirded me out. I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I, I like a good peen. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't um it doesn't weird me out necessarily. Like I said, I really didn't know at first that okay that was a thing. Like now okay, the, mature, no mushroom the, head. the 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 person that I am now that's of a particular age, I I could probably have fun with it. You know, extra skin, girl, I'll be pulling yeah. and picking roll that back, roll that back, <laughs> back. rolling it between my fingers and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so soft, like it's so uh, it feels it feels good between your hands like girl you better i'm sure she can you can come up with a few tricks yeah, yeah you can um, work that out but don't make him feel i mean she's weirded out about it but don't make him feel weird about it you know it's it's really like the what do we we have the hood on our clitoris it's, that's basically what it is it's the little hood it's like if somebody told you get rid of your hood it doesn't mm -hmm. come on now it's just it's just extra skin yeah so 
I think you're, I, 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 look, I, I would tell her, do a face to face with it. You, you mm-hmm. say no. <laughs> <laughs> you told her to put it in her mouth. She, she got yes. you, you to work up to that steps. <laughs> it's a different feeling. Like pull that skin up, pull it down. I mean, that's I what I would yeah, that's what I would do. I don't know. I don't. I haven't experiences in my in my my older years. So, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys can work it out with some tricks or, or whatever. This is definitely not a deal breaker. You know, yeah, if, that's what you, be. if that's what you're looking for, I, I don't think this is a deal breaker. I think this is a time for you to mature in your sexual um, adventures. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. And um, you know, happy orgasms because. That's what you should be worrying about, girl. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just hit the spot with that extra? Real. <laughs> that's, that's what you should be worried about. Not, <laughs> not that he got an extra flap of skin on his dick. Mm-hmm. He, he'll work it out. Trust mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Trust me. All right. Well, I hope we gave some pretty good advice. Yeah, I think we did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, All take right. that Anita. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. Not a fan. No, not, not a fan. <laughs> See, you know what? That wouldn't be a deal breaker for me, but that would be on my list of shit. Like, nigga, and you got a skin. You got extra skin. Mm-mm. <laughs> for real. Oh, I'm no, I'm not. Um. No, I'm not that picky. That that's not a like I said. You remember I dated somebody and girl, I don't, I just I'm so baffled. You by remember you. when I told you that I was girl, like mm-hmm. I was floored. I was flabbergasted. Are you kidding me? <laughs> How did you not? And you dated him for years. How did you not know? Girl, I I be inspecting penises. <laughs> I really didn't know. That is crazy. And I'm trying to think because because the actual. Well, I guess the it was so big, it was huge. So you really didn't, you really didn't see the anteater effect of it because it was huge, even when it wasn't hard. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like very obvious. I think it's more obvious when you know it's a lot of turtleneck, and then did you he know. say why he didn't get? Because he was American. Did he say why he didn't? Why he wasn't circumcised? No, just I guess his mother said no, or you know, in the hospital he just. It didn't happen. He wouldn't. I mean, he obviously wasn't old enough to remember, but he, he never got it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Look and at once, you. <laughs> once you get to that part, that age, then, you know, it, it was working for him. So <laughs> forget about it. Now, yeah, that that was, I was amazed. Like, are yeah. you serious? That was a shocker. So he told you that he wasn't circumcised? Yeah. It was like, you know, after way, you know, after we had gotten to the groove of things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, <laughs> but like I said, I think it's because of the size. It was you. I mean, you, there was. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the. I didn't see the anteater effect. That's what it was. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Moving along. Where are we? We're at the I reminisce, I reminisce. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> What's this reminisce? This is your reminisce. This is my reminisce. And I'm taking it all the way back to 2001. Holla yes. Back. Woo-woo. Holla back, young Woo-woo. S-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. Love him. <laughs> Girl, I love Fabulous to this day. So this is uh this is the throat the, the reminisce of this week is fabulous youngin Hollaback off of his debut album Ghetto Fabulous. It came out in 2001. This is when him and uh Lil Mo had the airways rocking. And I used to work at PGC during this time, so they played this song all the motherfucking time. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh produced by Pharrell. Um, in the video, I just watched the video. It is it's like an old to the 2000s because Lil Mo and they looking so ghetto fabulous. She got like purple hair, purple outfit, purple nails, purple lipstick, everything purple. <laughs> fabulous out his snapback, his throwback jersey, and this is what everybody his was uniform. wearing. Everybody was wearing like three X clothes, big clothes. Mm-hmm. He's so small. He's he's still small to this day. It's like 20 years later. He's still tiny, and them clothes swallow him. 
<laughs> and it's so crazy how styles change because now niggas be wearing like stretch jeans now. <laughs> okay. I feel like if I see somebody with some jeans that I can wear, I'm I'm gonna know something. I have seen I have I have seen guys and I, I'm like I, I shouldn't be looking at them, but like I'm watching them in these jeans, like they look like girls. Like it's like because the jeans are so tight. Mm-hmm. Like, like let a nigga be out here with some hips. Right, yeah. right. They got dumps. They got big bumps. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not right. I be staring like this. Thing, this is not right. I, I be in. I be in the mall taking pictures because I'm like, no one will believe it if I explain it to you. But this nigga got a fat ass. Man, and the funny thing is, these dudes with these stretch pants on be having girlfriends. <laughs> they not gay. They be having girlfriends. Like. <laughs> Why your man got a dump though? He and I just be I really wonder like where is your penis going? Like where do you do Girl, you for your legs? Tuck it in, tuck it in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have uh diverted okay. from uh, the reminisce. But anyway, so that's my reminisce. It's fabulous. Holla back, young and woo woo. Love it. Love it. All right. All right. Well, We are now at the Support Black Businesses segment of our podcast. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities, and we support products and services made FUBU for us by us. So today I want to give a shout out to the Furlough Cheesecake. It it was started by um, Nikki Howard and Jackie Wright, two sisters from Baltimore, Maryland, who concocted these cheesecakes and they started selling them during the longest government shutdown. Remember recently we had this whole government shutdown. So they started this business and they made a video appearance on Ellen. Ellen actually bought $20,000 worth of cheesecakes and it really just took off from there. So they are now, uh, they just signed a deal with Walmart. They're going to be stocking many versions of their cheesecakes in about a hundred stores in the Washington, Washington DC area. Um, and then they also have baked goods at the Bethesda Blues and Jazz Cafe, which I've actually been there before. So um, you can follow them at the che- the furloughcheesecake.com. Um, I'm actually going to try out this cheesecake. I went online just to let y'all know, and there is like a three-week delay. So um, these sisters are actually doing it. So shout out to them. That's great. That's some, that's great. That's awesome. Cheesecake Isn't is amazing. It? Cheesecake is heaven on earth. Jeez. It sure is the right kind of cheesecake. Mm. Yeah. Lord, I love cheesecake. Mm. Hello, goodbye. I don't need to be talking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. Well, we've come to the end. You can listen and subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, Spotify. And you can catch our lovely faces on YouTube. We got to get our YouTube up, y'all. So please hit us up. Um, You can hit us up on Instagram, our Twitter, our Twitter, on the Twitter, on the Twitter. Let me get it right. On the Twitter and on the Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) On the the book about our face. We're... Uh, Twizpod. All right. You can also visit our website at that's what I'm saying podcast.com. And I, who do we always shout out? We always give a super, super shout out to our super producer, Vegas World Inc. You can catch him on Instagram. You can catch him on Twitter. He also has a hip hop podcast called Hip Hop Now. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take, take care. care, y'all. Boom.